Hey everyone, I'm Ashes. And I'm Will. And, and this, this is, is Ashes, Ashes and Will, Will Do Disney. Disney. Each week, one of us will tell the other the history, facts, and stories behind the rides and attractions of Disney that have made special memories for generations. Keep in mind that Ashes and Will Do Disney is not affiliated with or employed by the Walt Disney Company, and our views and opinions do not reflect theirs. Now it's time to sit back, relax, and put on your ears, because it's time for Ashes and Will Do Disney. Hello, everybody. I hope you all had a wonderful week. And if you do so celebrate, hope you had a wonderful Easter weekend. We had a fun-filled family weekend of activities. One of the big things we did, we went to a zoo about an hour south of us that did have red pandas, which was fun to do for the kiddos, especially with turning red and how big of a fan they are with that. But I am back again this week with another mini-episode, and I will dive right into it. As we know, when I got back from Disneyland, I did my review on the Avengers Campus, which led me to talking about mature content on Disney+, Plus that is mainly centered around Marvel content at the moment, and maybe one day it'll be even more. But of course, that does send me down a rabbit hole, and I do have more Marvel this week, because I started thinking about an experience that I had in our most recent trip. And it was something I knew about, but still brought me into this new rabbit hole for this week's mini episode. And that is exploring the question of why isn't Marvel at Walt Disney World? When Ashes and I got married in 2006, we took a trip to California to honeymoon at Disneyland. However, Disneyland was not our only destination. We also had a day at Universal Studios. And this was the first time either one of us would be visiting that park. And initially looking at what there was to do, we didn't quite appreciate everything there was at that park. We had kind of come up with the plan that we would spend half the day there since we had the tickets, and I would be on the hunt for an X-Men hat. I remember I wore my Wolverine t-shirt to go with that hat because I had assumed that it would be easy to find. Needless to say, we got to the park and figured out pretty quickly that we would we would be spending more than half the day there. We actually didn't leave until the sun went down. This would also be my first exposure to Marvel characters in a theme park. About ten minutes into the day, Wolverine, looking similar to the character from the X-Men Evolution cartoon, complimented my shirt and I took a picture with him. Throughout the day, I also saw Captain America and the Green Goblin as well as others. Granted, their costumes were much more comic-y compared to the movie costumes we get for the characters at Disney California Adventure. And surprisingly, for having met Wolverine so quickly, X-Men merchandise proved to be hard to find as I was told they really didn't have any. So, I settled on a Spider-Man hat that I still have to this day. The moral of the story is that I had a blast seeing these comic book characters brought to life at Universal Studios, and as discussed, translated to a fun day at Avengers Campus almost 16 years later at DCA. Back in September, when we were going to Walt Disney World, I made the classic whoopsie-daisy of hyping my son up for something that we weren't going to get to experience. Even though I did know this, I didn't pay attention to the fact that I knew this and started telling my son that we were going to go to Hollywood Studios, 
the logical spot for Marvel and Disney World, and meet different Marvel characters and get cool Marvel merchandise. So we get to the parks, and Hollywood Studios was actually our first park day. Needless to say, there was no spot dedicated to Marvel, no characters walking around, and only a stray Captain America shirt here and there. Again, I actually knew this, and I knew the reason why. But getting caught up in the excitement of the trip, I just totally flaked on it. So, why isn't there a dedicated section of the parks for Disney's acquisition of Marvel? How come Disneyland gets to have Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure, with merchandise and character shows and meet and greets? So with that, let's talk about Marvel Superhero Island at Universal's Parks in Orlando. This park opened in 1999, about 10 years before Disney bought Marvel Studios. Some of the main attractions include the Incredible Hulk Coaster, The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, which is a 3D simulation ride where guests get caught up in the middle of a conflict between Spider-Man and the Sinister Syndicate. There's also Doctor Doom's Fear Fall, which is a Tower of Doom-style ride. And Storm Force Accelitron, an X-Men version of the teacups. Originally, the island was meant to be for DC superheroes rather than Marvel. But negotiations for DC fell through after Time Warner bought Six Flags. In the interim, Marvel had started to sell off their characters' film rights to different companies, one of which was Universal Pictures. In March of 1994, an agreement was entered for the rights of Marvel characters in Universal Parks. The contract stated that the deal for Marvel characters in Universal Parks would remain in effect until such time Universal Parks decided to close down Marvel Superhero Island, or if they stopped making property payments, or if Marvel opted out of the contract after sufficiently being able to prove that Universal was mishandling the usage of their property. So how come, when Disney acquired Marvel, did they not get all the rights to the characters in the theme parks? The contract between Marvel Entertainment and Comcast slash NBC Universal, Universal's current parent companies, is what dictates the use of Marvel characters in non-Universal parks in Florida. Right now, Universal Orlando uses the Avengers, Spider-Man, X-Men, and the Fantastic Four. At Universal Studios Japan, they only use Spider-Man. So this contract forbids Walt Disney World and Tokyo Disney from using the same characters. But with that in mind, why can't they use other characters that aren't used in these Universal parks? That's due to the contract stipulating that they can't use characters from the same family, meaning teams, villains, or side characters that were closely related to these franchises. In addition, Disney is not allowed to use the Marvel name in the parks, which is why it's just called the Avengers Campus and not something like Marvel Land or Marvel's Avengers Campus. They also can't have any Marvel-themed simulator rides within legally designated distances relative to Universal Parks, even if no characters are being used. California Parks fall in these designated legal distances, which is why we got the new Spider-Man ride. In short, the terms of the contract said that non-Universal Parks were not allowed to use any Marvel characters related to what they use east of the Mississippi. With DCA being west of the Mississippi, Disney has the right to use any character and make any ride they want. However, no Disney parks are able to explicitly use the Marvel name. 
It has been announced that Epcot will open the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind roller coaster on May 27th of this year. How can Disney open this Marvel-themed ride in Florida when the parameters of the contract state they can't use the Marvel name or make simulator rides with the legally designated distance? That's where the use of characters in the same family clause comes into play. As mentioned, characters in the same family means characters that are closely related to the heroes used on Marvel Superhero Island. Guardians of the Galaxy were a fairly unknown team until Disney made the movies and made them more popular and well-known. As a result, they are not considered to be in the same family. Very recently, Universal Orlando did something that has people asking some questions. Merchandise bags at the Universal Park very prominently featured the Hulk coaster and their Spider-Man ride, as well as Shrek and Spongebob. However, those attractions are no longer featured on the bags and have been replaced with Jurassic World and Harry Potter. The reasons for this are under a couple of different speculations. The first being that Marvel's superhero island hasn't really seen any major updates in almost 20 years. While many fans hold on to the island as a classic, many feel that it is outdated and Universal should rehaul it into a different theme. Much like DCA did by closing the Bugs Life land to make the Avengers campus. As such, the retheme of the merchandise bags would be Universal's way of leaning into some of their franchises with newer rides and ideas that don't have as many restrictions contractually, which leads into the other thought. When Universal recently updated their licensing agreements with Marvel, one of the stipulations was that Universal could not use Marvel in any of their advertising. A merchandise bag could be considered a form of advertisement. Overall, it doesn't seem like Marvel characters will be leaving Universal anytime soon, which means Walt Disney World will be limited in what they can feature in their parks. However, I feel like Universal is limited in what they can do beyond not being able to advertise Marvel for their theme parks. Walt Disney cannot use anything closely related to the characters in Universal Parks in Florida. They do have the upper hand with more modern takes at California Adventure. Universal certainly can't use the Disney interpretations of the characters in their parks and have characters that look more like old comic books as opposed to the modern movie characters. Not to mention, Walt Disney World can lean on some of their other popular franchises, like Guardians of the Galaxy, to get a Marvel presence in all of their parks. And that is what I have for this week's mini-episode as far as why there's Not more of a Marvel presence at Walt Disney World compared to California with Disney California Adventure. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, do appreciate your support, and we'll see you real soon. That's it for this week's episode of Ashes and Will Do Disney. Don't forget we need your mouse tails. If you have a funny, weird, exciting, or just a favorite Disney memory, send it to ashesandwilldodisney at gmail.com so we can read them on the show. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ashes and Will Do Disney. This is a public group to follow. We're also on YouTube at Ashes and Will Do Disney. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and have a magical day.